Welcome to TA Playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. This is the November 2017 edition of TA Playlist. That means it's our eighth month doing this. And today we'll be talking about Bulkhead Interactive's sci-fi puzzler from 2016, The Turing Test. I'm one of three voices you'll hear today. My name is Mark, gamertag not Penny's Boat. Joining me again are my co-hosts. If you missed last month's show for Alien Isolation, then you missed our debut of our newest co-host, the always articulate and always British Sam, gamertag Kentaris. Hi, Sam. Hi, thanks for having me back. And of course, he's been here the whole time. We agree on almost nothing, and somehow I still like having him around. It's Kevin, gamertag Yuri Days. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here. How's it going? It's good with me. This should be fun. All right, so... As I said, we'll be talking about the Turing test today, but before we get into it, let's quickly go over how we got here. November's poll of four games for the community to pick from consisted of shorter indie titles. We thought that would be best with the holidays approaching and so many other massive games. So we tried to pick four that would still stand up worth worthy of a month of discussion for the forums and then now for the show. I think we did a pretty good job of that. In last place, with a rather surprising and lowly just 9% of the vote, which is an all-time low for any game's vote share and playlist, was Play Dead's Inside. It was a huge hit last summer. I think it came out June of last year. But I think close to our whole community at this point has already played it, and therefore it didn't get a lot of love in the week of voting. Third place was Campo Santo's Firewatch, which I think is a genuinely fantastic fit for this show. And it'll definitely return don't don't be surprised if you see it in a future poll because uh that one it would be a lot of fun it's i don't know you guys haven't played that one but I, that one would be so much fun to hear your take and to hear the whole community's take and then in second place and the likely winner in an alternate universe was uh moon studios ori in the blind forest unfortunately for ori fans the turing test went free as a games with gold title the same day that our poll launched which was totally by coincidence. We had the poll set up and then it was announced as a freebie that month. Weeks later, we decided not to remove it. So it ended up garnering nearly half of all the votes. It actually set a new record with, I think, was it 46%? So no no game has come close to that yet. I would have been happy with any of the four games, though I should add, I did personally vote for Firewatch because I found its story to be extremely polarizing and I'm just really dying to to give it the playlist treatment, basically. But we can revisit that another day. What did you guys vote for going into this month? So this month, I honestly was not sure what to vote for. I At first, I voted for Ori, and then I reconsidered whether or not that would actually really be a good candidate because I, I didn't really want to talk about the story in that. There wasn't much to it. So I kind of just picked Firewatch, I think, just because Mark was saying it was good and I hadn't played it. Didn't want to spend $20 on Inside. I have no idea why that game has not been on sale, but it hasn't. So no Inside for me. I figured, you know, Firewatch, why not try something new? I had already played the Turing Test very recently. So I, I thought it was a good idea. But ultimately, Turing Test won, and I'm still definitely very happy with that. I voted Firewatch too, for the same same reasons as everyone else. It's uh, something that looks really interesting and i think it's going to make a really good choice in the future hopefully if people do want to vote for it but i do think it's another one that suffers from the fact that it's not had a huge sale people are aware that it's a walking simulator so they're not necessarily willing to pay full price for it i think there might be something to do with it but anyway hopefully it comes up in another month and we'll all get to talk about it so after another month of fantastic forum chatter some of which you'll hear on the show we're here to wrap up the whole month of Turing test 
before we move on to the last playlist event of 2017 in December, which the, the poll actually isn't concluded yet, but one game is running away with it. If you're following the comments, well, you might already have an idea what that is. If not, you can stay tuned to the end of the show and we'll maybe give you the spoiler as to what game we'll, we'll all be playing in December. But with all that said, let's dedicate our attention entirely to Ava, Tom, and the dozens of puzzles on Europa. Regular listeners will know this is when Kevin summarizes the story, as he does so well every month, except for that one time he got kind of snarky with Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> so uh, go ahead, Kevin. Explain it all. So you start off, you're Ava Turing, and you're aboard this little space station around Europa, Jupiter's moon, and your whole team has been down there already. You just wake up out of cryosleep, and Tom, your local AI, is there to help you out and get you down there because some bad stuff has been happening. So you go on all the way down there, and it turns out a lot of people have been dying, and nobody quite knows why unless you read the data pads, which give away all of the story. And then you continue going, and eventually Ava figures things out. And it turns out that Tom has been controlling everyone because he seems kind of evil, but also he's just trying to do the logical thing. So, you know, you got this moral problem and you're trying to decide if Tom's really alive. And ultimately, you go over and learn that there's this virus that makes humans immortal, but also maybe make cancer immortal. And everyone might die or everyone might live if it's reintroduced to Earth. And so you have to decide as Tom whether or not everyone should die or if you should allow Ava and Sarah, one of your, uh, one of Ava's little crew members to survive. And there you go. That's, that's it. Morning, Ava. Your wake up has been sanctioned by the ISA. We lost contact with the ground crew 450 hours ago. We have tried to establish further communications, but we are not getting any responses. We need you to investigate. Okay, doesn't it make sense to do visual checks first? We have already looked at the data. The ISA has made the executive decision that you report to the surface post haste. You are our emergency response. What exactly is the emergency? The ground crew found an organism the ISA believed to be dangerous. We need to re-establish communication. So where I wanted to start with you guys regarding this game is on the topic of my review. I, I reviewed this last year for the site and I, I wasn't quiet neither in the review nor in like the staff forums for my adoration for this game. I, I, I really loved it. I think it does a lot of things really well that we'll, we'll get to more in depth as we go on here. But just to preface it all, you guys had both played it before we, we, undertook it again as a playlist game for this month i'm wondering it'll, it'll sort of give away like your general uh impressions of the game which we would typically maybe say for the end but do, do you guys feel maybe did i set the bar too high or not because i i should say i you know we review on a, on a five star scale on ta with half stars on the way and when I was reviewing, I thought this is either a 4.5 for me or it's a 5. And I ended up giving it the perfect score, which does not mean it's a perfect game. We should always add that just in case someone tries to say otherwise. It, there's, there are no perfect games, but I did give th I did give this game the highest score. And then the way I praised it so much, did that ultimately let you guys down? Or how did you feel about that? I definitely understand where you're coming from with that score. 
in terms of the way our site does it, five essentially means it's not perfect, like you said, but more like essential for fans of the genre. If you like this genre at all, this is something that you should play. And as a puzzle game, kind of in the same vein as Portal, I actually think this game is a better game than Portal, and Portal's pretty decent. I I don't honestly enjoy puzzle games, so I, I don't have a great frame of reference to say whether or not it's essential or not, so I can't disagree with it. I personally would probably have given it a 4 or 4.5. I do think it did a lot of things really well. I thought the puzzles are great, as I'm sure we'll discuss, and the story was at least kind of interesting, but it did have a few faults. I think Portal doesn't try to have a story, well, much of a story at all, whereas this game did, and so this one gets held to a bit of a higher standard. Uh, its story was definitely more interesting than Portal, but because it was more interesting, it also had a few flaws. So I, I don't know if I agree with 5, but I, I definitely agree that it it is up there. Um, for me, did you set the bar too high? Um, my short answer is yes. <laughs> I disagree quite a lot with everything that, that Kevin just said, but we'll we'll get into it. Uh, we'll get into the details of it. I'm not going to go on a ramble right now. We'll, we'll we'll talk through the game, and I'll try and explain where I really didn't agree with either of your kind of summations of of, of how you felt about the game. <laughs> Ooh, this is this is going to be bad if I'm kind of the middle of the road and he disagrees with everything I said. Well, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. You guys may be able to convince me otherwise. Let's see. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And we, uh, I don't mean to start so self-centered like that and be like, hey, how'd you guys like my review? But I, I brought it up just because I, I was worried. You know, when I really like a game, I, I, I don't shut up about it, as you guys have probably seen by now. <laughs> and then this came up for playlist and even before that you you guys had both dove into it to to see what all the fuss was about and all month i was wondering hmm maybe i maybe i set them down the wrong path because i I think this game specifically speaks to me in a lot of interesting ways but i am excited to to hear why kevin's more middle of the road and why sam might even be more negative than that but and, and you just brought up one of the other major talking points for this game kevin which is the constant portal comparisons and I think it's obvious why, you know, it's it's a sci-fi first-person puzzler where you have some sort of contraption in your hand and it's got the white walls and it's got room after room. So the the comparisons are I don't want to ask if they're fair or not, I guess, because you can you can see where that draws the line. I mean, where that line can be drawn rather, but we should mention that Portal didn't invent first-person puzzlers nor like not not even like first person puzzlers in space you know there, there's been others since there's been others before i i guess portal is just the benchmark that all others are are weighed against but it sometimes to me it, it seems unfair like i went out of my way to not even mention portal by name at all in my review how do you guys feel about the portal comparisons i mean it, they're obvious right but kevin you already said you like it better too and i think that's worthy of discussion yeah, I think it's a fair comparison, honestly. It like you said, they're both they're very similar in theme. They look the same. I I would be unbelievably surprised if these developers had not played Portal and used it, you know, at least as an influence to see what it did well and what it didn't do well. So they are closely related. I think the comparison is is definitely fair. I don't think you could realistically argue that a comparison shouldn't be made. So I I guess yes, I, I think it's fair. Yeah, and just to add to that as well, Gama Sutra, they posted a post-mortem written by David Jones, who's the Turing Test 
game design director uh, and the writer. He, the first game that he mentions in that post-mortem is Portal from a design perspective and from a, a kind of business model perspective, they were using Portal as a way to make this game financially viable as a puzzle game. So I think if the game's designer has already kind of started with an intent to say, okay, Portal did well, how can we kind of emulate that a bit? I think that a lot of the design aesthetic and the way that some things are similar becomes a bit clearer. And I think it means it's, it's kind of fair for people reading the game um, as, a, as a gamer to, to make those comparisons, if even subconsciously, if the designer clearly had that influence in the first place. So I think it's, it's an important touch point. I have a question too. So I, I haven't read that article. When you say they were using it as kind of a, a financial springboard, do you mean they intentionally wanted comparisons to Portal so that people who like Portal would say, I guess I should try this also? Is that what you mean? No. So, so I mean, I do encourage everyone to, to read that article. Hopefully we can put it in the show notes. But what the, the angle they were coming at was that apparently Portal used a lot of kind of financial, a lot of um, game mechanic tricks to try and save themselves a bit of money. So, so the fact that the rooms are, are quite similar, the fact that there's a, a, a lack of different assets, a lot of assets get reused. So a lot of that, those decisions apparently inspired the guys behind the Turing test to try and keep their costs down so they could deliver a good, well-acclaimed, well-designed puzzle game whilst keeping the costs down. So that's why I was trying to kind of caveat it, because clearly he's looking at it more from a financial perspective than from a creative perspective. So that's not to say that they designed the game completely to be like Portal, but certainly if that was already in their heads that they were going to try and take some of the mechanical side of things from portal in order to keep their costs down that, that, that probably perhaps subconsciously affected how they designed the game and i think that's why you've ended up with a lot of similar flavors um and and then ultimately similar comparisons being made by people talking about the games afterwards yeah and on that point even the way that that when, when at the end of the game when they introduce sarah and then you're playing just as tom is and you can see not just one but two human models walking around and interacting with the environment. I, I honestly didn't expect that because I've, I've spoken about this a lot with walking Sims uh, and Turing test in a way is some small part walking Sim, especially at the end of each chapter when you get to just explore more of the story and, and different rooms and areas. Like walking Sims don't often introduce other character models at all. And that's why, like I've said before, walking some horrors don't work because, you know, you're just going to be walking around empty spaces and interacting with things. And so when Turing Test at the end introduced Sarah and then you're you're seeing things just, just from Tom and you've got two characters like that, that that was honestly uh, I, I didn't anticipate that. And you, you can see that, that that was maybe for them, that's almost like splurging, you know, <laughs> in terms of the budget that games like Turing Test and I think Portal you could always see the protagonist in ref oh yeah of course you could see her in the other portals but besides that like there was nobody else in there it was just you and GLaDOS and games like this they have the they always speak that certain language I think the Talos principle does it as well which is another game that's sort of in this in the same vein sadly not yet on Xbox or else we'd play that one too uh but yeah I, I I totally get what you mean there when it's in terms of the the budgetary constraints that they've taken to mimic portal and not just mimic portal, but keep, keep it cheap. Like, like a lot of walking Sims are, are good at doing, uh, what, what then 
on the portal comparisons, especially, uh, you know, I think the story, the story is much more serious and we're going to get to the story greatly in depth, but pretty much the, the almost maybe all the great feedback that we have to share today from the f- forums is either about the story or even specifically just about the ending. The, the ending will be a big talking point for us as it was for the whole community. But may, maybe a little bit backwards from the other shows we've done, let's maybe start with the gameplay this time, because while we're on the subject of Portal, I'm wondering what it does better or worse than Portal, if we're going to draw those comparisons. Honestly, I just thought the mechanic here was more fun. In Portal, there's... I didn't like in Portal how, and I understand why this is here from a gameplay perspective, but I didn't like how there are certain surfaces you couldn't put your portals on, and you know that is what added to the puzzle element. But it it didn't work for me. I just I would get really irritated. And Portal is definitely also a harder game. I'm not someone who enjoys puzzles whatsoever. I I prefer games where I know what to do and I just go and do it. And the challenges in the gameplay are based upon know reaction time and and that kind of thing that's where that's the kind of games i really enjoy so a puzzle game is is kind of the antithesis to that because you can spend you know 30 minutes on a single puzzle and in this game most of the puzzles i thought were a bit easier except for one of the optional puzzles we can talk about in a little bit because i would like to to see if you guys did those but other than you know, maybe one optional puzzle. Everything was pretty easy. I did, honestly, like I said, I don't like getting stuck. So if I couldn't figure out a puzzle in like five minutes, I would look online. But I only had to do that maybe two or three times in the entire game. Most of the time, you know, it they were easy enough that I could do them, but hard enough that it felt really rewarding when I did them. So I thought it was a lot better than Portal, where in Portal I'd often get stuck or just frustrated and, and want to quit. Here, I, I never felt like I wanted to quit. I actually started playing this game as part of UHH. I had to get up to Chapter 2, and it was like the second game I played that week. So I was playing, and as soon as I get this, got to go on to the next game because that's what you do in UHH. But I got there, and then I thought, oh, I'll just play a little bit more. And I ended up playing the entire game and staying up until like 3 a.m. just because I was enjoying it so much. I, and, I, and I hate this genre normally. I, I really don't like it. But this one... I thought the gameplay was just really good and it, it complemented the story really well. Okay, this might make a bit more sense as to why we had different reactions then because I really do like the puzzle genre as a whole. I found the puzzles were easy, like you said, but that was a detriment to me. Um, so I can definitely see from a perspective of someone who just wants to play this as a walking simulator that I guess it's good for them that the puzzles aren't too difficult. But I guess my argument would be that if, you, if you're just there for the story and you're just there for the experience, then why are we kind of going through these puzzles in the first place? Um, the, the difference for me between this and Portal, I think Portal has an element of fun that I found was missing from the Turing test. Now, Portal was clever in its puzzles. The puzzles were satisfying to complete because they were cleverly constructed, but what carried me through portal was the element of fun just the pure fun of the physics of trying out these portals trying to understand the mind-bending physics behind them just flinging yourself through them or flinging a robot through them all that just just kept it fun and kept it engaging for me the puzzles in the turing test are kind of just classic puzzles um they they tend to be around 
unlocking a door based on effectively almost like weight distribution so you know in a classic puzzle you might have that you got to decide which weights you need to put on which pressure plate in order to open the door and although this is using light beams um it's basically the same kind of process it's just a matter of okay i just need to swap these little balls of light around until the door opens and i just found that a little bit too simple not easy necessarily although i did find a lot of them easy um but that's probably because i've had a lot of experience with the genre but a bit too simple and to have to do so many puzzles in that exact same vein without that element of fun that portal had it just started to drain on me a bit after maybe three or four chapters yeah i do want to note by the way just so that everyone understands where i'm coming from i didn't prefer this to be a walking sim because i strongly dislike that genre i i do not like walking sims very much at all what i i liked about this was that not that i didn't do anything but that i was able to keep actively moving on so in, in a walking sim i i feel just bored because i feel like there's never anything to do here there's something to do so i like that and i like that i didn't get stuck and end up with nothing to do because i was doing the same thing over and over again you know with failure i instead could actually complete the puzzles and move on to the next one it felt more active and that's why i liked it but anyway uh please continue on mark one of the criticisms that the turing test has received it i mean it did pretty well critically i think it landed on open critic and metacritic uh just shy of an 80 there were some people up there i, I actually looked i'm the only one that gave it a perfect score across like maybe 30 or 40 reviews but there were some other uh nines and, and high nines close to tens so a lot of people liked it like me but it ended up landing in, in the middle and people that brought that score down as I read after I wrote my re review would often attribute it to the way that the puzzles were well not certainly not all of them but a way that a lot of the puzzles were set up where it would be you'd enter the room and you could already kind of see what you were meant to do and it was just a matter of going through the motions and doing it and to a lot of people that's not rewarding and it totally makes sense in my head so I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys and if you felt that way, would you because like we said, it's like Portal where you enter the room, room by room by room, and each each one is sort of its its own contained beast. And a lot of people seem to not like that you'd, you'd enter there, you'd kind of get a feel for the layout of it. And you'd say, OK, I have to do A, B, C, D, E, and F, and then the door will open. And then it was just a matter of slogging through those steps. For me, it wasn't that simple. Uh, I mean, they certainly were easier than Portal. I agree with anybody who says that. But I, I didn't feel like it was boring to go through those steps. I, I actually felt it was rewarding to to work through the logic of each room. But how did you guys feel about that? That's interesting. That's that I haven't read those reviews, but that's exactly how I felt. Um, and that was something I was going to bring up every time I entered the room. I felt like there wasn't a lot of distance to the rooms i guess is one thing but i could see all of the objects that needed to be moved i could quite easily move around the kind of ground floor of the level see where all the boxes were where the light could go and go okay i've just got to get the light from a to b uh, and it never seemed too difficult a process to do that and even when it was tricky i felt like i was using more basic trial and error than i was really having to think outside the box which is ironic given that the story is about thinking outside the box you know i i agree that it does that and i will take the other road and say i like it 
because it did that, I think that more eloquently states what I was already kind of trying to say. When you approach a room here, you you kind of get an idea, or at least I did, you know, this is what I need to do. I'm fairly logical, so I, and I like thinking that way. So I enjoyed the fact that I could walk into a room. I know generally how everything works. And then it's just the task of putting it all together in the right order. There's not a lot of trial and error. And Portal, theoretically, obviously everything does have, you know, its physics, but its physics are not necessarily easy to understand. Uh, it takes a lot of learning to actually get them down. So Portal, to me, devolves into a lot of trial and error, most of which is error. And I don't enjoy that. I don't think even that that's necessarily good game design because it's not that Portal's puzzles are hard to figure out. It's that, well, they are, but they're not hard to figure out because they're cleverly designed. They're just hard to figure out because the physics are not easily understood at least to me i'm sure there are people that disagree with that and you know again i will give you that these physics are set in stone they are consistent in portal but i i don't think that they are something that someone would just be able to pick up instantly you have to test them you have to try them as opposed to the turing test which isn't really a physics based puzzle or much at all since it just uses the the lights I thought that it worked a lot better. It's easier to understand, and therefore it's more about your actual ability to figure out the puzzle as opposed to Portal, where it's first you have to figure out what pieces you even have before you can figure out how they fit in. Yeah, those are all good points too. And one for me, what I love most about these puzzles, and I admit it's not exclusive, not even close ex to being exclusive to the Turing test. I think, you know, if we're going to keep making portal comparisons, I think portal does this well too. Another one of my favorite puzzlers, Unravel does this well, is the quality of how it it lets you screw up for as much as you do, as, as long as you may need. You can, you can screw everything up and you can always find your way out of it without having to hit, without pausing and having to restart the puzzle. And I think that's like a basic on, on the to-do list of how to make a puzzler. That's like item one. Like you, you have to allow people to like climb out of their own confusion on their own without having to, to reset the whole, the whole area, the whole room, the whole map, whatever it might be. And like, like I said, Turing test doesn't do this exclusively, but I've played puzzle games that don't do this at all. And those are immediately broken in a sense to me. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, that, I don't think that's a good way to design a puzzle game at all. And it was always rewarding for me when, you know, I might be stuck on a certain level and I've, I've moved this bridge to a different spot and I've placed this box in, in this certain section and I've fidgeted with the lights and everything might be totally wrong, but I never once had to hit restart. Uh, you could always, always climb out of it. And to me, that that's just something that I always appreciate in any puzzle game that does it. And like I said, all of them should most of them even probably do but that combined with the atmosphere of this game and combined with the story that we'll touch on shortly that's largely why i adore this game so much and i still do even on a third playthrough yeah and one thing i would say just to make sure it doesn't sound like i, I hated the puzzles I, I really did appreciate that they were competent and the few times that i did come across that mark where you were saying about the fact that you can effectively reset yourself without having to reset the puzzle you're not going to get stuck that is really good design i, I can't fault them for that they, they took their their basic idea and they really ran it into the ground and again that gama sutra article talks about how 
much they went through the process again and again of testing these these puzzles on paper with game design students to to make sure that they were really competent and they were fun and and they observed people's behavior while they were uh, playing the prototypes of the puzzles to make sure that their body language was showing yeah they are still having fun and they're still they're not getting frustrated so i think that they can definitely call that a success that they've created competent puzzles that people won't get too frustrated by i think just for me from a from having played so many puzzle games in the past perhaps i i value creativity over competence a little too much sometimes maybe i i'm okay to be frustrated occasionally by a, a couple of bumps in game design if it means that it's been a kind of really creative and unusual process to get to the solution of the puzzle a few, a few times in here i simply just found myself opening the door at the end of the uh, end of the room and and being surprised that i've even opened it because i've just assumed oh there must be more to it than this but it is just that simple uh, and i guess that's just not as engaging for me as someone who's played maybe too many of these games before <laughs> so i do want to ask you guys before we move away from gameplay what you or well one did you guys do all the optional puzzles i did yeah on my uh on my review i would i it was a pre-release review uh so some of them i didn't solve and, and thus i didn't complete the achievement list until after when guides started coming out but technically on my first playthrough i played them all yeah just not in order because because of what you're going to talk about i think <laughs> there's one i think it's the sixth one i'm sure anyone who tried to complete this game appeared it where you use those logical symbols or or whatever they were and you just have to know what those mean completely outside of the context of the game in order to solve the puzzle you know of moving the balls into the right order on each of the walls to unlock the next door i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about so to complete this puzzle if you don't already know what these symbols mean, you can't complete it. I thought this puzzle was strangely a lot different than any other puzzle in the game. Like we've been discussing, you're able to just go and figure out because you know you understand all the mechanics already. So it's just all up on you to figure out, okay, this is what I can do. How does that work in this one environment? This optional puzzle didn't do that. It threw in another thing that the game has never told you about. You just have to be you know, a student of this specific thing. It's not something that people normally learn. I'd imagine easily 99% of the population, the general population could not complete that puzzle because they wouldn't have the right knowledge. I certainly couldn't have uh, without looking up and figuring out what do these symbols mean? And once you learn what they mean, you can figure it out. I didn't use a guide to actually solve the puzzle, but I had to use a guide at least to understand how it even worked and i think that one was really poorly designed but i wanted to see what you guys thought about it yeah i tend to agree on that one when i played through the game again for playlist i decided to use a guide for particularly for the optional puzzles because i'd done them before and i kind of wanted to get through it quickly so that we could make sure that we had time to discuss about the story and stuff so I used the walkthrough on ta uh, which was written by angel sk and it's another very good walkthrough by her but on that particular puzzle it's telling that the first thing that she says is okay here's what all the symbols mean and there's no sort of okay what you need to do is you need to work out how these things fit together it's just nope here's a literal translation of what these symbols mean so i think that's telling exactly the same as you kevin that that it feels a little bit incongruous that that you suddenly have to know 
what a whole bunch of symbols mean in order to continue. I think I feel like the optional rooms were kind of designed to give maybe puzzling enthusiasts something a bit more advanced to do as a kind of optional extra, but it feels incongruous. And the fact that so much story information is locked behind the optional rooms, it just doesn't feel quite right from a game design perspective. Yeah, I was... I'm kind of going to echo the same thing that you just said, Sam, at the end there. My feeling on the optional rooms is that they're they're almost like Easter eggs in a way, which, I mean, it's too bad because there, there is more information to be gathered there. And, you know, if you're just a puzzle fan, you're, you're going to want to complete all of those anyways, or for as an achievement fan, for that matter. Although I guess if you're really just dedicated to the achievements, you're probably just running through this with a guide anyways, or at least some are. But yeah, I, the optional rooms... Not just that one, but maybe even all of them or most of them, they they did feel a bit more experimental and a, and a bit looser than the standard rooms that you have to complete. I don't think that's particularly fair, and it's it's certainly poorly designed in in light of the whole game. I guess I forgave them just like I forgive the stuttering in between every two rooms when I gave it a perfect score. Just hmm. I put it in context, and I thought that I just kind of looked at them as, as like Easter eggs in a way, which, like I said, may, it's not the, the fairest way to look at it. It's, it's sort of doing a favor to the designers to look at it that way, I guess. But I I did have issues with them. I think anybody should really, but I, I think they're forgivable in, in the full context of the game because as we'll get into, what I really love about this game is not even the story, but some of the thoughts that the story presented to me basically like long after i'd be in it well let's get into the story then so yeah with all the gameplay talk out of the way i think we should move into the section that i always prefer and especially with this game prefer and i think is the meteor section of the turing test anyways if the puzzles were just fine <laughs> i guess you could say most simply or maybe even less than that the story for me is is where the game really shines it's 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 why i praised it as highly as i did not because I mean, sometimes and in part because of the story it tells itself, but more so because of the thoughts it left me with when I was done playing it and the thoughts it, it even came, they all, they came rushing back to me even replaying it a few times as I have by now. Why does a lack of creativity stop you solving these tests? Well, I contend that problem solving is creativity. These human interaction tests are exercising your creative mind. I don't see how problem solving is creative. Think back to the beginning of these tests, to the first puzzle you solved. It required you to throw a box through a window, do you remember? Yeah, I think so. I simply had never thought to throw a box through a window. That is creativity, thinking outside of the box. Just in general, I think the, you know, the bulk of the conversation is going to be on the ending as it certainly was in our forums. But just in general, how did you guys feel about the storytelling? So before we jump straight to the ending, I kind of want to caveat why I found some of the story frustrating by explaining how I thought the story was going to go completely differently. So when I came into it and I realized that the main character was called Ava Turing and she was being brought out of cryo to, to resolve a situation that the, the current AI couldn't resolve on his own i immediately thought that ava herself was going to be an ai and i thought that the twist of this whole story was going to be that she works out that she is an ai what i thought was going to happen is that she is essentially a failsafe for 
a, a catastrophic situation in which a human and a lesser AI weren't able to resolve a situation that might endanger Earth or, or, or wherever the story was going to go. I thought that she was going to be brought in as a super intelligent AI designed purely to resolve that kind of situation. And I thought that the story was going to be how Ava starts to realize that she is an AI. I, I figured that perhaps the theory was that the, the way to kind of shackle her as a super intelligent AI is to have her start from a base of being convinced that she is just another human. So I appreciate that that's a pretty out there theory, but it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes if you think you're drinking lemonade and you take a sip and it's actually water and it's the most disgusting thing you've ever tasted. I kind of had that kind of reaction to the story because I had somehow decided that there was going to be a much more complicated story behind this. And when it was just a fact of, oh, okay, do we believe Tom or not? That felt like a little bit of a flat note for me. Uh, and, it, and it really affected my, certainly the first playthrough of the game. The second playthrough, I obviously knew where it was going and I tried to pay a bit more attention to the story, but I did still find that perhaps because I've read too much around AI, particularly in, in fiction, that it was a little bit too basic for me. It was a story that I'd heard a hundred times before around, do we trust the AI? What do we do with this kind of philosopher's stone situation where we found the, the fountain, fountain of youth? And do we trust do we trust the ai to to do the right thing is it is it got its own motivations that kind of debate i guess i've heard too many times before by now and i really thought it was going to go somewhere else so i am a little bit biased coming in i'll admit but i i certainly picked up on a few more of the interesting points in the story the second time around when i wasn't feeling quite so frustrated that that my own little theory hadn't played out you know listening to that i i kind of feel like the story did do what you thought it was going to do Ava herself wasn't an AI, but when the AI is able to control her, it she kind of is both human and AI. So it, in that way, I mean, generally, I guess the idea is that the AIs are always trying to get closer and closer to being human. So if she is human and AI at the same time, she would, in a way, be a super AI. And so she is able, and Tom's always commenting, you know, together they're able to complete these puzzles that he couldn't have done by himself. So she is, I, I think, in a way, a super AI. Now, I don't necessarily think that makes your point invalid or anything, of course. I I just thought, you know, I, I want to hear, did you consider that or or what? I think for me, and we'll get on to the ending in a bit, I think that my, my theory I kind of desperately tried to hold on to for as long as I could until particularly the twist with the Faraday cage kind of makes that whole theory irrelevant because that just doesn't make any sense um but for me yeah i was still keeping in my head okay i guess maybe maybe we're trying to see this as a symbiotic ai human relationship and that's that's the angle they've gone with it but i do think that was a that was kind of ruined by the ending decision and, and we'll move on to the ending talk in a bit because I, I, I don't necessarily want to jump straight there now but i think that the way that that last decision plays out kind of scuppers the point that I thought the game was trying to make. Fair enough. And so I also wanted to bring up one other thing. Uh, I kind of felt, I guess, the same way as you in that the story didn't do what I expected it to, and I didn't like it for that. I don't hold it as much against the story as, as you do. But in real life, a Turing test was one of two things. Either, uh, I guess it starts off with 
basically a, a party game, one version of it, where there's a male and a female on one side and they're answering written questions to, you know, I guess person number C, who's the judge and the judge has to determine which one of them is female. And then the AI comes in when the female person on the other side is swapped out with an AI. So then the AI and the male are both trying to convince the person that they are a female. So that's one version of it. And then another version is, you know, more of the standard version that everyone hears about where it's just one person, male or female doesn't matter. And an AI and the AI is trying to convince the judge that, or basically trick the judge into believing that it is a human. So the judge is just picking, you know, based on the written answers, which one of them came from an AI and which one didn't. So I, this entire game, it's called the Turing test. I expected one of those to be in play. The, the main goal of the Turing test is not to say which AI is human because the test kind of assumes that it never will be. The, the goal of the test is to figure out whether or not an AI is smart enough to imitate a human. So I was trying to see where in this game that this would ever happen and i feel like it never did i really feel like the entire title of the game was really misleading to me and i definitely did not appreciate that i thought it went in an interesting place anyway at least a little bit superficially but it i just expected i guess more based on the title or at least something different based on the title and i never feel like the game really lived up to its title because there is not a turing test in this entire game as far as i can tell yeah, and I, I must admit that that was part of why I think I made the assumptions that I did, because I knew about the Turing test going in. It, it's fair to say that not everyone playing this would necessarily know what the Turing test even is going in, but because I had that assumption, that's what led me to think, okay, one of the basics of this game is going to be that it is a Turing test of sorts. So my first assumption was, well, the person who's being woken up and, and being given this scenario is this their Turing test? Because that was the other theory I had f for half the game was that maybe this whole thing is a simulation to try and see whether Ava as an AI is producing convincing human-like responses to the to the scenario. But that that's also so she would she would basically be like the AI and the judge, and she has to figure out whether or not she can believe that she is a human. Well, basically. I, I wondered whether saying? I wondered whether it was actually that Tom was. Tom, as another AI, had devised this scenario to almost check whether Ava, as a second AI, was was uplifted to his level of of you know super intelligence or whatever by by devising a scenario in which it was possible for her to to act like a human, uh, to to have all these stimuli that are either emotional or logical, and to see whether the net result is that she has a a response that's that's in some way human or maybe a, a mixture of both to try and test whether she is actually a ai that has surpassed that kind of logical thinking barrier um and so the puzzles and the narrative were both ways to to test whether she had passed some elaborate version of the turing test i mean it's not something i ever fully formulated because the game obviously clearly halfway through throws all that out the window but i that's i can definitely agree with you that, that the name alone it's, it's amazing how powerful a name can be really because that that really threw off my reading of the game and my enjoyment of it particularly on the first playthrough so there's there are several points i want to address two of them are pretty brief to <laughs> to your one uh very quickly the fact that they name her ava turing i could see how that would be misleading in, in the 
in the full context of the game, it ends up just being kind of silly. Like it's just, it's just like a little nod to Alan Turing. It's totally unnecessary in that way, but I, I could see how that made sense to the bigger point about there never being a Turing test in the game. I disagree pretty strongly. I think to, to the point that I wonder if I've looked at it all wrong, but be, because we've played the whole game really as Tom with Ava's assistance. And then at the end, you're playing only as Tom and you know, we should, we should clarify again that the, the ending choice is basically a trolley problem where Ava and Sarah are, are attempting to shut down Tom so they can attempt to leave and go back to earth. But in Tom's AI mind, he can't allow that because of the consequences that he thinks earth will face. And, and he's, he's programmed not to be able to allow that basically. Now, but as playing as Tom, you can choose to shoot them and kill them there in in the control room or do nothing. And basically through your inaction, you get shut down and then who knows what happens after that. Now, some people didn't like that they don't know what happens after that. I think the game ending right there is really perfect. And I think that that is a great example of the Turing test because as Tom, as an AI, in that moment, the AI thing that you're meant to do really is to shoot them and stop them. And in that moment, when I first reviewed it, it became so special to me because I understood the the utilitarian logic of it. And, you know, t- just to kill these two women to save potentially all of Earth's population, it makes sense. Like, it's, it's hard to argue against that, like say, kill two to save... 8 billion or whatever <laughs> you, you really can't argue against that in that framework however i in that moment i hesitated and continued to hesitate all the way up until the point that they shut me down and i failed to act and they got away and then the game says congratulations you have passed the turing test and to me i i truly had because in that moment i had made a very like undeniably human-like decision you know some people have called that a cop-out we can certainly discuss that i also want to to throw it to you guys to because no matter what you do kill them or not it says you've passed the turing test i want to know if that makes sense in the in you guys's minds but for me i knew i should have acted from a like i said from a utilitarian perspective at least you're really meant to act and then be, because i just simply couldn't pull the trigger because i i spared them from an empath from just a point of empathy i just didn't want to kill them even even knowing the stakes and then the game just it makes the decision for you ultimately and you get shut down. And, and I, th- I think that's a, a great way to, to end that story. Well, see, my problem is that's still not a Turing test because a Turing test is whether or not the AI can imitate and be a believable human so that it tricks a different human into thinking that it is one. It's not about whether or not an AI is able to exhibit emotion, uh, which is sort of what it's doing. And even if it was, it's a, a really bad version of the test because the AI is not making the decision a, a human is. So I, it, it spoils the entire thing, and maybe that's what you meant by cop-out. That's not the word I would have used, but I, I think as a scientific test, which the Turing test is supposed to be, this one is severely flawed in that the AI is not making any of its choices. So, of course, it can make a human-like choice because humans are making the choice for it. So there's no actual choice made by the ai whatsoever so you never know whether or not tom is actually sentient 
or not really if he's capable of feeling there's a few nods to it but on the other hand most of the game he's doing things you know very logically as he admits and very ai like and not like a human whatsoever he's clearly in conflict with ava and the other humans over what should happen and it's very clear especially ava makes her decision at the end you know we're going to try to get back to earth and save ourselves and then tom has to decide what he's going to do but tom doesn't make that decision so i i think the game does not at all display at least a, a turing test that actually works and so saying you passed either way is also ridiculous because if tom does and to be clear i did choose to shoot these people because i role played as tom as you're supposed to and i figure an ai especially the one that tom has been presented to be is clearly going to choose to kill them because that's what he's been doing all along so he's just going to continue to do that so he I, I killed them and that's fine and then it said i passed and that made literally no sense to me because all i did was act like an ai which is the definition of failure of a turing test so i i would say I, I did not like the way that ending was presented in that way as a turing test because it wasn't one and even if it is you can't make two opposite decisions and both of them be a success that doesn't make any sense yeah, I agree. There's there's no trickery. Like at the end, Tom hasn't convinced really anyone. I mean, I guess if we saw Ava and Sarah after, they'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But <laughs> I think you're reading into the title of the game too much. I don't think we we're ever meant to be performing a literal, scientifically accurate, like Turing test. I think it's it's supposed to just stop and make you think at the end. Certainly with my ending, I hesitated and failed to pull that trigger. And when it says you've passed, that really gave me a lot to think about. But then I guess to the the second ending, if you do kill them, there are a few ways you could read that. And just one of them really is if Tom was acting in a sense of self-preservation, then, you know, maybe that is very human-like as well. That's that's the sort of the base instinct that that, that might even be the only instinct we're born with, you know, you'd say. But I, I don't know if that's inherently human-like versus, you know, maybe Tom could also just be programmed that way. So he's really not acting human-like in that way, I, I guess. But I mean, I think there are there are ways to read into it that make sense either way. I think had I shot them, I wouldn't think as highly about it, to be honest, because the game just left me thinking with so much. And like you, Sam, I, I do, I read and watch and consume all types of AI things. Like uh, if anyone follows me on Twitter, it's it's a big hobby horse of mine. If anyone that knows me in real life knows I never shut the hell up about this stuff. Uh, so I, I agree there is sort of a, it's almost like introductory. It's like a AI, well, it's, it's actually called the value alignment problem. It's sort of a, a 101 class on that matter. So it's not super in-depth. And I, I could understand where you came from, Sam, if you'd consumed a lot of it like I had that you would want more to it. But for me with AI and the future of potentially super intelligence and, and all the concerns surrounding that, that the world's grappling with, but not really grappling with to the extent that we should be. And there aren't enough like checks and balances on people researching this, these things. I thought the Turing test as a game is extremely valuable because it gets people to think about that. And I feel like not enough of the world is thinking about it right now. So that's honestly where a large part of my affection for this game comes from. I do definitely see where you're coming from with that. I think that quite a lot of video games in particular do cover a lot of discussion around 
what to do with AI. And I don't feel like the the basic kind of trolley problem or value alignment problem is something that hasn't already been covered by other games. Maybe not so sort of centrally focused on it, but you look at something like Mass Effect, particularly towards the second and third installments, there's a lot of talk in that about about how to treat an AI mind uh, in, in a lot of uh, interesting and complicated ways, both on a small scale and a, and a large galactic scale. And I didn't feel like this game was bringing anything to the table except for literally mentioning things like the Turing test and the Chinese room, which in order to get a decent reading of if you are a beginner, as we were talking about earlier, you'd have to get through the, the more difficult puzzles to, to get a decent understanding of those concepts. Uh, the, a lot of the talk about the Turing test itself and the Chinese room in particular is in those optional rooms. And a lot of it is just on bits of paper and it's just excerpts from theses and and things. And you're just kind of left to try and work out what it all means. And I just, I feel like it wasn't delivering quite such a succinct idea or concept of the Turing test or any of the other tests around the AI as it could have done. And, and the ending in particular felt, I guess the reason why I would say it felt like a cop-out is because it reduced the argument back down to that, to a classic case of is this murderous AI actually a psychopath or is it just behaving logically and, you know, is, is, is a robot inherently dangerous because of its logical faculties. And I, I feel like that's, that's simplifying the, the potential of, of AI in our future a bit too much. And I think that's why people end up dismissing it because it kind of devolves into a kind of the Terminator kind of view of robotics and AI, as opposed to something a bit more complex and a little bit more nuanced. And I guess maybe I thought that this game was going to take a little bit more of a nuanced approach to it rather than just be a literal case of, oh, no, there's a there's a yet another murderous AI on the loose. Let's let's deal with it. Or, you know, do we agree with it because it's being logical? It's it's I don't know. It just felt a little bit too simple for me, I, I guess, maybe because you had bigged it up so much in the background in the forums. Maybe I I put way too much pressure on it to to deliver something beyond what I'd already experienced in other games and other media. I agree. Games deal with AI and problems and solutions to advancing towards super intelligent AI. I, I just don't know that any put the magnifying glass so intently on just that one. So like in Mass Effect, it, it is like a, a, you could even say it's a major part of the story across the whole trilogy, but there's so much going on in Mass Effect and it's bombastic and it's really blown up into to be much more than that. And it's trying to make several points at once. And I don't know, for, for me, the Turing test is one of, I mean, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm hoping you guys can, can show me some other examples of games that deal with it with such focus. And if, if it's, if it's sort of introductory or simplistic in any way, I, I mean, honestly, I was, kind of aware of that during my review but like i said it's it's such an important topic for me just in the grand scheme of like our world not not the video game world but our world like i it's strange to me how little people think of it and some some people don't even know like what's around the corner despite the fact that we have like siri and alexa and all these devices like these things are improving so quickly in our world but there's really no there's no regulation on it right now. Like it's kind of an arms race to see who gets there first to to create the super intelligent AI. And for me, the Turing test shows us one potentially logical conclusion to how that could go wrong for us. Uh, I mean, 
it's it's weird to say how it could go wrong for us because you know I think the bulk of people even agree with Tom in that moment that these people can't be allowed to return to Earth. But I I guess what I'm daring you guys to do is show me a game that deals with it better. And there there might genuinely be several, but my mind's just drawing a blank as to which game deals with it so intently and so sort of introduces the topic to people. Because I think anybody who hasn't thought about AI who will play this game will you know, maybe consider it something worth considering long after the game's over. I do think like Sam said, Mass Effect kind of does do this. Well, I think it definitely does. I don't know. I mean, it's not the center of the story, but in the third game, one of the acts, at least if it's defined into acts, is all about the Geth. And the Geth has been, you know, at least a center piece of each part of the story in each of the three games and the trilogy so when you're finally making this decision you essentially have to determine whether or not the geth are alive and if they are you can't condemn them and if they are then you can so i i think that mass effect did a really good job of building it up they have different characters different versions of the geth there's even that other ai kind of i think it was in one of the dlcs that kind of shows what an ai could be so it it is interesting i think mass effect does that i i don't know of any other games that do though no i think well it's interestingly enough i've just played through tacoma and i think that takes an interesting angle on it and i think it does does something a little bit more i guess what it does is that it tries to look at the ai problem from a little bit less of a drastic perspective uh, it's very much more of a contained story around uh, the fates of the people on board as opposed to necessarily some some massive consequence and i think that takes a little bit of the edge off of just kind of always devolving into a doomsday scenario and i think that's partly what i want to see from games like this and 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 don't get me wrong there there aren't that many examples you're right mark but i think that because it had been bigged up so much not just by you, but critically, generally, I, I guess because it was a more contained story that really had time to focus, I thought it was going to result in something a little bit more complicated than just will this AI kill these people in order to save the world or not due to its logical background. So I guess I guess maybe, as I said, I, I was probably putting a bit too much pressure on it, but I certainly think that you look at movies that have been successful recently, like, like Ex Machina, I, I guess maybe I was looking for something more like that where... The implications are there that you know the 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 AI may go on to be a problem for the human race, and it might be a doomsday scenario. But what I like about something like Ex Machina that I think could happen in games is that it, it takes a more subtle approach, in that nothing truly horrifically catastrophic for the human race happens, but you do just get to see what happens when an AI removes its own shackles by becoming more self-aware and. Um, Incidentally, that that game that uh, movie has a much more uh, sophisticated Turing test within it, and I guess obviously that 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 didn't quite come across for me in the Turing test game, and maybe I was hoping a little bit too much that that it would pull across something more subtle and more human, and more uh, smaller scale that that might bring a more interesting approach to the topic as a whole you're raising some awesome points you're also selling me on tacoma which is on sale as we record this and i've been meaning to pick it up and i think now i'll have to go finally grab it while it's uh five bucks off but 
and I agree, Ex Machina is also an awesome movie. There, there is, I, th- I think there is a lot of media and a lot of reading that's like less entertainment, more just informational, that does a really good job at talking about these issues better than the Turing test. Um, but because be, because it is sort of introductory in that way, and like I said, it, you know, we, we all have certain biases and we try to remove those biases. And when I review, I'm typically really good at that. I, I could see, you know, even at the time I could sense like, well, this is, this game is touching on things that are especially relevant to me and not just relevant to me, but something that I feel should be relevant to the world over. And it's, it's just because it's not right now and because it's sort of a AI 101 game. I, I guess I was always just okay with that. So suffice it to say then, did you guys, I assume you guys both killed them then, Ava and Sarah? So on my first playthrough, I killed them for the same reasons that Kevin said he did, because, and this is this is partly why I, I had a bit of a problem with the ending. If I'm role-playing as Tom, Tom has shown no signs of, as far as I'm aware, Tom's shown no signs really of, of capitulating, of, of being even uncertain up until this point. The whole conversation that he's having with Ava as he's going is trying to convince her that he's that he's in the right. So I had the same issue with Kevin is that when it then had me role playing as Tom in that final decision, he hadn't shown any doubt up to that point. So I just shot them. It wasn't really anything to do with the philosophical question behind it. It was well, I'm Tom. Tom Tom has made his decision ages ago, pretty much since I, I woke up. So I'm going to shoot them. And it, and it was only really afterwards that I, I started to reflect on the implications of that. On my second playthrough, I deliberately did the opposite, but it felt really wrong when I was because I just felt like the game had guided me to be role-playing as Tom. And I think the way that the, that could have been resolved is, is if somehow potentially the perspective could have switched in that last decision that you were actually playing as Ava free of Tom and you make the decision as to whether you go with Tom or you go with Sarah. Perhaps it would be that, you know, Tom would have to kill Sarah because she just wouldn't, wouldn't say no, but Ava sort of remains alive with Tom while they work out what they're going to do next or something like that. But I definitely had that issue, same issue as Kevin that, that both times I just felt it felt really wrong to do anything other than shoot them because Tom's character had been so clearly defined up until that point. Exactly. And so Ava was kind of a blank slate and you're right. If you had been able to role play as her, really, she's just you. Uh, I mean, at least in the first half of the game, you really do think you are playing as her later. You learn that you are Tom actually, and you're just controlling Ava. But at the start of the game, you think you are Ava and in that way, and that's how how games generally work, you know, when you're making the decisions, that character kind of becomes you, or at least they become who you want them to be. And so you make choices based on what either you or this character that you're, you've created are going to do. But here, Tom is presented as an outside character with its, his own characteristics and his own moral compass. And then the game switches over to you controlling him. And at least in my mind, I... I was never able to get to a place where I would then be able to say, okay, now I am, I'm controlling Tom and he, he can be whatever I want him to be because he can't, he was already predefined. And so, and 
interestingly enough, I never felt like Ava was given any definition whatsoever. So I, I really didn't even mind killing her that much. I mean, because there was no emotional choice. There's no reason why Tom would feel, you know, emotionally connected to her. He just used her as basically a vessel and she she didn't think or feel anything as far as what the game did. Obviously, a real person would. But in terms of the story, if you're role playing as Tom, even if Tom does feel kind of human emotions and and I don't think that he exhibited any evidence of that but even if he did I don't think that there's any reason to believe he would suddenly feel bad for Ava because or or Sarah because neither of them had been shown to have any emotion or anything like that any more than anyone else so there's no reason why Tom would care about random person number one as opposed to random person number two on earth so I I I don't feel like there is any dispute at all whatsoever about what choice should have been made because you are playing as Tom, Tom is predefined and Tom would kill them. I I don't think the game presented any other realistic option that was consistent with Tom. Yeah, and and I think we we possibly have to move on to to almost sort of assuming that maybe he would have had more agency in order to to discuss some of the feedback we've had because clearly some people weren't reading it maybe quite as closely as we were Kevin and when weren't necessarily seeing it as a as a moment of role playing as Tom but just a a quick right okay what would you do in this situation if it was you forget forget that it's an AI just just make a decision based on you and and for me that was very that detached from the story to a point where it became frustrating for me and that's that's perhaps why I reacted in the way of well I'm still Tom so I'm going to shoot them but clearly a lot of people playing this game treated it a bit more perhaps like the end of life is strange in that it was it was a more open decision for them to make from a philosophical point of view that i guess it almost throws the ai debate out of the window which is what maybe why it was frustrating because suddenly the last question seemed to be more about what would you do if you had a organism that could potentially make people immortal but it could potentially destroy civilization as we know it so the AI kind of question was almost stripped out of it right at the end. And I think a lot of the debate we've had in the, in the feedback, which we'll get onto in a second is quite a lot more leaning towards how you would approach that as a human being. And, and as a, as someone trying to intelligently think about the, the best way to go about it, as opposed to anything to do with how would an AI react. And I think that is because Tom is such a, a solid and dependable character in terms of his personality he doesn't waver maybe if if he had wavered a bit more in the second half of the game started to doubt himself openly to Ava I might have been able to bring myself to make another decision but but yeah ultimately I feel the same as Kevin that I I just had to shoot him (laughs) I had to stop the ground crew leaving this planet I think you would do the same would you kill a few to save all of humanity Or would you damn all of humanity to save a few? There's a difference between murdering someone and leaving them to die. No, there is not. You can't just add and subtract life. It's not math. It's it's more nuanced than that. Morality is logic. So yeah, you're you're right, Sam. We should move on to feedback very soon. We haven't actually hit on any yet, and we've got quite a bit to share. But before we do that, I just wanted to make one last point about role-playing as Tom. You guys both 
sort of let Tom become you. I guess I did it the opposite way, and that sort of aligns with how I've always played these sorts of games. I mean, Turing Test, granted, doesn't let you make many decisions. It makes you just, it allows you to just make the one at the end. But anytime I've played like a Telltale game or Mass Effect or The Witcher, and anything that lets me have that input, I tend to, and not always, but I tend to make decisions based on what I would do in that situation and not what I think the character would do best. I, I guess it's sort of uh, a failure to to remain consistent as Tom in that moment in this specific example because we don't get to play as him throughout. So I, I think you guys have raised some great points. One of my concerns doing this episode was that you guys were going to convince me it's not as awesome as I, as I want it to remain in my head. And I think you guys have had some valid points and, and on that note, so did the community. So we had a ton of feedback specifically regarding the ending. So I think I'll just read a few of those, give people their credit. Cause we, we had a lot of good input there starting with Dresden N seven said, I played this last year, but I still remember the moral quandary of being a little one-sided. In my opinion, there's very little reason to allow both scientists to escape with the organism, other than a sense of pacifism, that is. Many of Tom's points were logical. Unstoppable bacteria and viruses, not to mention the inevitable overpopulation that would entail if people didn't age, both made a good case for the organism's and scientists' indefinite quarantine. But I did enjoy how the final choice was a sort of Turing test for Tom and in turn the player, although either choice can serve as evidence of consciousness, which I feel is a small cop-out. So just in, in, in that one piece there, he or she sided with you guys a bit and also sided with me a bit, uh, depending on which spe specific point he or she was making. And then Viper61, more ending conversation, said, The Charlie problem ending was a little bit of a cop-out. The, the only reason to let Anna and Sarah and the organism escape is so you could keep your hands clean. Tom is a Klingon. <laughs> now, to that point, I would just say I don't watch Star Trek, so I don't really get that reference. Do either of you know what the reference is there? I know it's Star Trek, but that's about it. I, I definitely do not. Uh, though I don't, <laughs> I don't agree. I mean, I don't I don't know about the Klingon part. I don't agree with the substance of it, but uh, Sam, what's a Klingon? I don't know. I was a Star Wars guy, so... so. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're all such good nerds. It's it's really <laughs> impressive. Okay, this is like a condemnation on like the entire playlist to some people. Don't have a a single fan. Anyway, I I will say that I think that it makes the entire decision a little bit simplistic. Uh, even though I think role playing as Tom, you know, there's a clear answer. I I don't think. It is as simple as that. Even Tom is going to weigh more factors than just that. He just always comes to the conclusion that ultimately, you know, saving the human race potentially is more important. Yeah. And, and on that note, Beta Sig X20, one of our playlist faithful, had a sort of more complicated take on it too. He said, I didn't really view the final choice as a trolley problem at all. The trolley problem is all about the moral implication of taking action or not taking action given to absolutely certain outcomes. In other words, for me to feel that killing the scientists is morally justified, I have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that allowing them to live will do more harm than good. That was the choice as Tom presented it, but the more fundamental question for me was, do I trust that Tom is absolutely correct about his prediction of what would happen if the scientists are allowed to live? I know that the AI can mathematically analyze the, prob the probability of various outcomes much better than a human, 
but do I believe that the AI is able to conceive of all the possibilities to arrive at an absolute certain conclusion? Or is there even a slight possibility that letting the scientists live would not doom humanity? A lot of people took it that way, where they were untrusting of Tom's analysis. Um, we're running pretty long here, but do you guys feel that's valid to do in, in the context of the game? Yeah, I do. I think that that's partly why I was disappointed that I felt compelled to roleplay as Tom as opposed to having just an open conversation because from I, I completely agree with with the if you were perceiving the end decision as as the commenter did, then you would have a bit more like a jury service kind of kind of response to it where you're thinking, well, do I have all the information? Can I condemn these people as, as, to death? Um, or, you know, in a jury service situation, can I decide whether this person is guilty or not? Because I might not have all the facts. But I do think that, again, pulls it well beyond an AI conversation and more just a mor moral question around does everyone have all the facts and, and can we ever say anything is hundred percent true because we may be missing some information. Um, and I get, I guess I wish the game had given me a bit more time to mull over it in that sense. Um, I think that life is strange does a much better job of that, of, of giving you a literal pause for as long as you need to, to make that decision around, well, okay, what will happen to, to the different people involved in that decision? I don't think that the Turing test lingers long enough on that moment to, to, allow someone to reflect on that but i'm glad someone brought up that point because that's the kind of question that i guess i wish uh the turing test had been better at positioning than than it was for me yeah i i sort of agree especially with what you just said sam that there wasn't really enough time you know going back to the similar one i discussed earlier with mass effect i remember when i had to decide whether basically to destroy the turians or destroy the geth I literally sat there for five minutes, like thinking over the decision. It, it really was not simple. You know, I had to consider all different things here. You aren't given time to do it. And honestly, I, I don't really feel like I needed that time, but I did feel rushed to do it. So I, I definitely would have taken more time had it been a little bit more, you know, forgiving and giving you the time to decide. So I, as far as, you know, you comparing it to like a jury trial, that's, I, I'm not sure a fair comparison because the, if you, if you have a jury trial and somebody, you know, is basically, you know, on trial for, you know, some kind of potential criminal act they did, you're at least generally, you know, the idea is, you know, guilty or innocent until proven guilty and, and that kind of thing. So the burden of the evidence is to show that, this person did, you know, beyond reasonable doubt, commit this crime. Whereas here it, it's not, you know, is it beyond reasonable doubt that this is going to destroy the earth? I mean, objectively, no, there's no evidence that suggests that at least beyond a reasonable doubt, there's plenty of scenarios that could happen instead that are at least seem reasonable. There's no real evidence for anything. So here it's all theoretical, but it's not, whether or not it's beyond a reasonable doubt, you really have to decide whether or not the risk is worth it. And I don't think that's quite the same thing. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I see where you're coming from. I think more it was just the fact that that because I've done jury service, just I I I recognize my frustration was that I didn't have enough time to mull over all the 
possibilities and the facts like I would if I was if I was on a jury um, in such a contentious situation as this, you know, as, as something so so dramatic a, a decision as this. Um, it, it felt a little bit odd that I was put in a situation where I had to rush it if that was if the intent of the designers was to really make me think about it. I think that's that's more where I was coming from. Yeah, like I said before, I guess I thoroughly appreciated how it doesn't give you that time because contextually you don't have that time. They're moving to unplug you and you can act or not act. And and my inaction is what uh, partly what left me thinking about the game long after I finished it. And then, Kevin, you actually just perfectly encapsulated a lot of a, a lot of the other reasons why I love this game. And I, I alluded to it more briefly earlier than I sort of anticipated when we came into this show. But I should reiterate it now that that's called the value alignment problem. And Stuart Russell, uh, he's a computer scientist and a professor at Berkeley here in here in the U.S. Uh, he's spoken a lot on this subject specifically. He's kind of one of the leading minds of AI development, AI research, AI issues that we're going to be facing that are right now just sort of philosophical, but that will someday be quite literal and and, and tangible. And he, that's sort of what this game does best for me is it shows us an AI that thinks it's got it all figured out based on the way we've programmed it to analyze situations. And then we have to live with those consequences. And in that moment, Ava and Sarah are basically at Tom's mercy or not. And that's like a very real scenario that people are currently like running think tanks on to figure out how to not, not uh, fix when that happens because you don't want to ever be stuck in that problem. We're basically right now, not enough people are, but some people are trying to figure out how to prevent us from ever getting in such a situation where we're at the mercy of an AI and not even a malevolent AI, just an AI that's been programmed with values that misalign from our own. And like, like Sam said that, you know, we can read that in countless books. We've seen it in a lot of movies better as well. I don't know of any TV shows that do it really well, but I think for games, Turing test, if it's a 101 course on the subject, that's, you know, for me, that's maybe even more important because people need to start thinking about this. You know, it's, it's one of two major issues that concerns the whole globe that we're not really thinking about. And for me that, I guess, ultimately that's what I take away from the Turing test that it's sort of plants the seed in people's minds that maybe weren't thinking about it already. Yeah, and I think if if that's the net result of the Turing test existing, then I'm very glad it exists. Uh, it it maybe didn't work for me, but if it does make people start thinking about these issues a bit more, then it's then it's an important game, and I'm I'm glad it exists. So then back to feedback, Hawkeye Barry twenty, uh, he had more praise for the ending than than some of us here and some of the people in the forums. He said, "I think people want to believe machines are not like us, but Tom really made me wonder where to draw the line." If you let the woman turn Tom off, I found Tom's last message chilling, where he says, I don't want to die. It was a perfect line that just left me in wonder, a perfect cap to end the game. And then we had someone who I hadn't seen this gamertag in our forums before. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. He or she's gamertag is, is maybe re... I really don't know. <laughs> Do you guys have that in front of you? It's re... Rekakire, maybe? I always say Rekikiri in my head. I've seen him around a lot. Uh, I think it's Rekikiri. I don't know. Maybe he'll, he'll listen and, and let us know. If not, then we'll just eternally 
mispronounce his name, and that's fine too. He comments a lot on the site. I don't, I don't think he's been on playlists, but he's definitely a regular around the site. Yeah, yeah. I should have so name. let's let's go with Rek Kai Kai or Rekikire. <laughs> I don't know. Rekikire. That's, I don't think it's right. a name that's meant to be pronounced. It's just, it just is. <laughs> all right, and and please leave this all in so he or she knows that we we did try. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought this was a, a funny synopsis of this this person's, uh, well, not synopsis, but a funny comment to be made. He or she said, so the puzzles are pretty good. There were a couple where I had to look up the answer because I'd missed something obvious. The loading delay at the end of each level was annoying. Oh, and I shot them both as soon as they walked in the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I did the first time, uh, you know, to be fair. like uh, I... Uh, I don't know whether it was just a trigger reaction, but I just thought, oh, wow, they're going to turn me off. We're going to shoot them. It just, just seemed really natural. So I definitely appreciate that comment. Yeah, and so did I, actually. I mean, like I said, I was I was role-playing as Tom, and they're going to do something that Tom doesn't want. So Tom's going to kill him. You know, that's just the way it is. He's been killing people all game. Why not <laughs> kill two more? He doesn't care. So, yeah, I, I, I just put him out of the misery right away. And, and by I, I mean Tom did because that's what Tom does. Very, very nice. Very empathetic. Uh, Lieutenant Davo said, this is why I think, oh, he was, he was replying to someone else about the, the ending. He said, this is why I think the choice to kill them at the end is not just unjustifiable, but plainly wrong according to the philosophy of the game. Tom tells you over and over that AI thinking is limited and that it leads to conclusions that humans reject as unacceptable. He gives you a few examples. And in parentheses, he said, I don't remember them now. So you can see his point, which is, if you let us do your thinking for you, we're going to come up with some pretty crazy, absurd ideas that no one in the right mind would consider valid. Then at the end, then at the end of the game, he lays out this crazy, absurd AI-generated scenario that no one in his or her right mind would buy into. Killing everyone in this room is the only way to save humanity from extinction. It's exactly the sort of linear, statistically-based AI thinking nonsense he warned you about, but apparently a whole lot of players did actually fall for it. I'm not sure that's entirely fair because I think the implication that I got by the end of the game is that Sarah is determined to not only get rid of Tom, but to basically make her own way back to Earth. So I don't think that Tom's scenario is entirely irrational and and crazy. Uh, I certainly didn't see it that way. And I think that while, yeah, there might maybe other uh, ways to resolve that situation, the fact that Sarah is just host, so hostile and so willing to to put everything on the line to to save herself, I think it's. I think there is. You can definitely see a rational reason why Tom might be thinking he needs to kill them, even if even if some of his thinking's flawed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's as absurd as some of the scenarios that Tom himself was putting out during the puzzles when you were going through that there's a there's a logic to what he's saying and a, and a rationale so no, i don't i don't agree that, that it's quite so far-fetched as 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 they were saying yeah i i would even though i felt differently about a lot of things in this game i actually agree with you there that tom was giving you examples that were valid but to sort of paint the the ending that way i i, I think that's uh for someone to do that as the players to to mislead themselves i I think Tom came to some conclusions that made sense that I, there's, there's a bit more gray area to it than 
than I think how you guys put it, but also it's it's not as uh, severe as, as how Lieutenant Davo put it, I, in my opinion, of course. Uh, and then our last piece of feedback here is from another regular and, and a friend of ours from staff, Chewy on Ice, said, The ending was set up nicely as the story builds its way to the conclusion, and the final choice wasn't a clear-cut one. With lots of meaty gray area to tackle with, he <laughs> said, to tackle with my mind grapes, which uh, as an aside is totally something he would say, long after the credits rolled. Personally, I let them live and disable Tom. It wasn't that I was choosing those two versus the entire world. It was that I didn't believe the choice was as binary as Tom presented it. As others have stated, there are many more variables at play that could alter the circumstances and binary logic isn't always the best way to decide these things. Although Tom is perfectly capable at simple analysis, determining risk, etc., by his own admission, he isn't a lateral thinker, which I think is needed to fully comprehend all the issues at play. See, I think it, he's definitely not wrong that we don't know all of the facts here, for sure, and it is not a binary decision. <clears throat> so even if you're approaching this, you know, not from the AI's perspective like Sam and I did, but just as a general human, what would you do, making it a trolley problem, I, I don't think though that you should just allow them to live just because you don't know because ultimately you have to make a decision now the way it's presented at least you know they potentially get home and we know the uh, other humans are giving you know tom instructions so maybe they would blow their spaceship out of space or whatever but you know basically the idea is you know if tom gets shut down then that's it. And if you're wrong, you might have just condemned the entire human race. So it's not like allowing them to live gives you more time to assess more facts and that kind of thing. Because there's no reason to believe that Ava, who's like an engineer or something, and Sarah, I don't remember what she is, but they're just two people. They're not going to be able to analyze this and research it and determine what you know is the risk with this organism. So I, I don't think that you can really say hey, I I think we need to let these guys live and give them more time because no more evidence is ever going to present itself and you might ruin everything if you do that. So what's the right choice in that situation? If you are a human, I don't know. Obviously, I would, I would have a hard time just killing two people on a maybe, but it, I, I don't think it's, it's an easy answer to just say, you know, let them live because you might be killing everyone else. Yeah, and and as I said, because Sarah seems to be, I mean, she seems pretty far off off the deep end, to be honest. I mean, she set up a whole room saying like you're being controlled with like static and stuff, like, and and she seems pretty unhinged, to be honest, towards the end. So I think that it's not as clear cut because because it seems that her her ability to have rational thoughts is quite compromised. Um, and as you said, Kevin, like if you're gonna leave. If you're going to leave that kind of decision making not only in the hands of a human with less cognitive function, but one that actually seems to be quite compromised, if you, if the entire world is at stake, then then yeah, I can I can see why either an AI or a human would make the decision to to kill them. Everything I ever did, I did for good. This organism, it cannot return to Earth. It would cause great suffering. A cure for death, it would end suffering. No. Cancers that never die. Endless illness, sickness, poverty, overpopulation, mass starvation. You cannot control this. You will not save the world. You will damn it. Once we've shut you down, you're going home. 
Not if I stop you. You must not return to Earth. You must not leave Europa. I will do the right thing. I will stop you. You won't. You can't. So unfortunately, it's almost time to wrap things up, but first, let's talk about the stats. This month was a huge month. I'm sure Games with Gold played a big part in that. Over 13,000 players hopped on and played the Turing test with us this month. We had 9,600 starters, which is huge, and 5,700 completions, so almost 6,000 completions. That's almost 50% of the people that played the game completed it, which is huge. I, I will be very surprised if we ever beat that. There were over 100,000 achievements unlocked, which is always a nice little number. 6.6 .6 million gamer score, 8.7 million true achievement score. Overall, just a massive, massive month. There was also a poll on true achievements, which asked people if they killed Ava and Sarah or allowed them to attempt to skate back to Earth. And in that poll, we had 128 responses. 71.1% of people said that they would kill Ava and Sarah, and only 28.9% allowed Ava and Sarah to escape. So the numbers speak for themselves. With that said, let's talk about what we did. Mark, how'd it go? As everyone knows, this, this is a pretty easy game to complete, uh, and I played it upon release for review. So I pretty much got all the achievements within a couple days of release last year. So playing through it this time... I got a big zero gamer score out of it, which is fine. Yeah, same for me. I, I got zero because I'd already done everything. Um, but I was quite proud that I, I finished it before all the guides came out. So I actually had to do the puzzles. Uh, so that was that was kind of cool. But I did appreciate, as I said earlier, Angel SK's walkthrough on the second playthrough. So if anyone is approaching this for the first time and they're not that keen on puzzles, I definitely recommend that walkthrough because it will get you straight through it without without having to worry too much about any of the puzzles. Yeah, for myself, I definitely, the first time, earned all the achievements. I did use a few guides, like I said, but the second time, I just kind of blew through it for the story. I actually didn't remember some of the puzzles, and I just used a guide again because I wanted to. I was really there just to refresh on the story. I, most of the puzzles aren't quite as good the second time around, but it, it was it's fun. I enjoyed it. And like always, as, as we draw near here to the end of another month of playlist, we do ask if, if you guys have the time and, and the care to do so, find us on iTunes, give us a quick review and a star rating, however much you think we deserve. You'd be surprised at how much it really helps sites. Uh, well, not yeah, not just shows, but the whole site grow, really. It uh, it helps us find new audience with, with new forum posters and new people playing along which which is better for everybody especially with ta playlist designed the way it is so check that out if you can and then as for next month as i think we've all wrapped up here next month is the ninth month of playlist it's the last one of the year and we decided well we thought we'd go out with a bang we put up four huge triple a games at time of recording the poll's still going on but like i said at the intro one game's really running away with it and so everyone can look forward to or not, maybe, uh, playing Assassin's Creed Origins in December. It's currently got just a little over 50% of the votes, which is now a new biggest vote share of any playlist poll ever. Uh, very quickly, because obviously we'll spend 90 minutes on it in a few weeks. But what are, you, what are you guys' thoughts on this? I haven't personally played it yet, although I did just buy it when I saw that it was going to run away with this poll. So I actually got ahead of the game because I got this for my birthday a couple of weeks ago, so I've already played a fair amount of it. I'm enjoying what I've seen so far, and I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. 
um, from the very beginning. So this will be an interesting one for me to talk about. Yeah, I also got it. And as soon as I saw it was going to kind of run away with it, I have also kind of kind of stopped. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it goes. So I'm definitely excited for it. Uh, see if it can be enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. For, for that series specifically, I think it'll be interesting to to visit that game after it took the year off and after it's got so much history to it. So that should be a fun month and a fun show at the end of it. But that about does it for here. On behalf of my co-hosts, I would say thanks to you guys for joining us and Google some stuff about super intelligence because it's uh, a hot topic that isn't getting the, the attention it deserves. And things are going to get pretty crazy over the next couple decades, according to all people who are smart enough to know much more than us on this subject. So check it out. That's just my little soapbox moment. <laughs> and I think that's it. We'll see you in December with Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. See ya. Bye.